0: Internet, how goes it? I hope you are all well this fine sunny day in the middle of summer in the UK and I hate every second of it. You may notice I did a narrator voice. Yes, that majestic, well-spoken King's English Dickensian Shakespearean sound coming from my body right now. And that is because today, gentlemen, and ladies, all probably one of you, because... I believe in nerd stereotypes, apparently, we are going to do something different. We are going to cash in on a trend that was started many moons ago by a large crab on the YouTubes, telling simple stories from the fetid depths of Reddit, and the trend was soon picked up by others, including a drake in his den who hoards internet cringe the way other dragons hoard gold. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing r slash RPG horror stories, because that's easy content, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon for... Where there is a D&D table or tabletop table, there is a horror story waiting to happen. Be it the that guy, the creeps, the furries. I, I, I actually don't care if you're a fairy, by the way. Like, you do, you buddy. Like, as long as you're not shoveling it down people's throat. If you want to dress up like a horse and ride people, who am I to stop you? I'm a random man in the shed, of course. And now that I've started a posh accent, I can't stop. I need to. <clears throat> yeah, so. In all seriousness though, as usual, I do sincerely hope you're all okay out there. And if you're not, just yeah, what, drop me an email. If you're going through troubles and strife and tribulation, drop me an email and I'll probably send you some memes. Like, I, I had someone message me in a time of crisis and I was so violently unprepared for the situation, I did just kind of go, um, have a meme? It somehow solved the situation. But yes, so like I said, we're going to cash in on a trend and today's story was posted three years ago on Reddit, a a website I have just made an account on for this. I have only just made a Reddit account. I've only just discovered the glory of Reddit and horror stories and RPGs and such. This one was posted three years ago by Podcast Plus One, three years ago. I've said three years ago way too many times now. This, guys, is the problem with not having a script. It is named, Player Attempts to Seduce DM, both in-character and out-of-character causes complete collapse of the gaming group and even an IRL breakup. I'm still sad that I've had to record this intro three times. I kept fucking about with my microphone then realised it wasn't even... Um, that wasn't the audio input, uh, recording input. So, spent a good 15 minutes playing with the microphone and then realised it wasn't actually working. So, yay... But anyway, look, the original intro was only one minute long. Look, you've got three minutes of me chatting nonsense now. So that is quality for your money, even though I don't get paid. Which, if you want to pay me, that's on you. I wouldn't. I'm a bit of an arsehole. But, you know, I need pizza and beer money, because who doesn't love pizza and beer? Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. I need to... Get the voice back. Ah, oh, yes, the the narrator voice. The this is the voice I use when I'm playing tabletop games and I'm describing a grand library of Alexandria, not Alexandria, because Matt Mercer would probably come at come at me, bro. I love that guy, so charming, charismatic. But this is the majestic narrator voice. Anyway, we're nearing four minutes just on this nonsense, so I suggest we get the story, the show on the road, proverbially, hmm, proverbially. A great word that may or not may not exist. Yes. So our story begins as such. Well, guys, this is the only real horror story I have. And unfortunately, it is one completely suited to Valentine's Day. I assume this was uploaded on Valentine's Day. Although an utterly twisted manner. Very not safe for work. So turn this off speakerphone, ladies and gentlemen. The whole situation was bizarre, unexpected, and came completely out of nowhere, in a rapid and complete fiery explosion of the group that rivaled the Hindenburg in terms of suddenness and sheer scale of catastrophic collapse. So sit back, dear reader, and indulge in this tale of deceit, coercion, questionable sexual appetites, breakups, and of course cringe. Lots and lots of cringe. The cast consists of, names obviously changed, me, the DM, Dave, my roommate playing a half-orc fighter. He was not present for the session in question, Irrelevant later. Annie, Dave's girlfriend, playing a halfling cleric. Rich, a friend of mine and Dave's, playing a zany gnome sorcerer. I those names. Trish, the problem player, playing a foxfolk, which, which I would imagine would be like a kitsune or something, if it was reskinned from Pathfinder, but... A reskin to Baxi Bard, because of course she bloody was. She could also never quite decide whether this person was more cat, fox, or both. It was weird, yeah. Like, so in Pathfinder, there is actually—I don't know if there is in Fifth now. I, I can only assume there is. Cause I'm not really up to date on Fifth edition, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Pathfinder has Kitsune, which are basically fox people. But I, I, so reskin to Baxi—I'm assuming that's a cat person, I believe. Anyway, so. We cast our minds back to the days of yore, 2013. I was at university and we were playing 3.5 D&D. For context, I'm not really the typical nerd archetype. I'm fairly tall, fairly muscular, and my biggest interest outside TTRPGs, science, maths, nerdy movies and video games is playing rugby. And I was on the uni team. I am, or was, being an adult sucks, something of a socialite. I like to host parties, I love being the centre of attention, I love singing. In short, my highest IRL stat is charisma. My lowest is apparently wisdom. Yes, I am a dude bro. Yes, the exact stereotype you're currently thinking of, that one, it was me. After one such get-together at my place, which was inevitably always a strange mix of guys from the rugby team, my course mates, I studied physics, and my flatmates, their mates, etc, etc... Myself, Dave, and Annie were talking. I suggested the idea of running a D&D game, and they were both into it. Of course they were. It's a tabletop RPG, damn it, and it was 3.5. D&D peaked at 3.5. Neither of them had played before, but Dave informed me that our mutual friend Rich played, which I didn't know, and Annie said that she had a friend who would be super excited to join because she was obsessed with TTRPGs. Enter Trish. Trish was the only person who attended that I didn't know, which naturally made her something of a wild card. An enigma, if you will. But being the sociable person I was, this didn't bother me at all. And when I first met her, all seemed fine. She was lively and excitable. Her and Annie both did practical effect design, and she was artsy and enthusiastic with a real twinkle in her eye, which I would realise all too late wasn't a twinkle. No. But the barely perceptible electrical feedback, which indicated the short-circuiting of the sanity wires in her brain. You know what? My own like sort of ridiculous accent aside, which I'm regretting. This guy's a fucking storyteller. Like, he's got this guy could definitely write some stories. Like, I'd love to hear more about this. I'm I'm also gonna say right now, I'm calling it. This this is definitely English. This is definitely an English bloke who wrote this. Like, 2013. So I'm assuming like you know he's a full-grown adult now but just from like the fact he plays rugby and like some of the words he's using contextually I'm sort of garnering that he is an Englishman much like myself although I'm not well I'm tall but I'm not in shape at all I'm not a socialite in fact I hate people I don't like going outside outside is bad anyway back to the story I thought she would be a joy to have at the table rolling dice with us if I had only known the depth of the anime love interest complex she apparently had I might have realised that the rattling noise wasn't her dice tower, but the loose, loose, fuck's sake, the loose marbles rattling around in her skull. So anyway, from the very first session, the group was great and everyone's characters were fun, if a little tropey. It is why I didn't bat an eyelid at Trish playing up that bard. We all know that bard, ladies and gentlemen, the the Scanlan, if you will, and hitting on every NPC. Then we all had a good laugh about it, and I responded with the NPCs flirting or not flirting in the exact same manner as they would with Dave's character, who often tried his luck to all of our amusement. <laughs> yes, children, amusing D and D antics, with his minus one to charisma checks. Oh, I should have read that, finished that sentence. Thus, I thought it was all good fun, and so did everybody else, because nobody could be insane enough. To think that imaginary characters interacting automatically meant the DM wants to bone them. Right? So I'm going to pause this that for a second again. Yeah, like... This is the thing when you're someone with a normal brain. You, you don't really understand... You, you'll never understand the depravity of some people. Like... There are people out there. It might be you, it might not be. I'm not going to shit talk anyone, but... You know, who, who do struggle with that separation of reality from fantasy. Not in, like, a mentally ill kind of way, but in a... As the DM, if you're playing that kind of game... Where you do have, like, NPCs flirting and stuff... I can see how you might get a little bit misconstrued, but... Yeah... Just... I can't say it without sounding horrible, but develop some social skills. Like, this, this girl needed to develop her social skills and understand you know the basic idea of like yeah you know, I'm, this is a character i'm not actually into you but anyway moving along anyway got a little head of myself there there were some red flags minor ones by the standard of this subreddit to be sure These included highlights such as Trish being a little obsessive about anime and talking about her perfect man being an exact description of a protagonist from a particular anime, the name of which I don't remember. And in the way she described her Depaxi with... (laughs) I hate this sentence. Complete with big innocent doe eyes and playful curves and swaying hips. I love them swaying hips, gents. She also showed up wearing fox ears at one point. I thought she was just getting really into the game and playing into her character, which, in a really disturbing sort of way, was right on the money. She also had a weird habit of maintaining eye contact with me for uncomfortably long periods of time, but I, with my IRL dumpstat in wisdom, didn't put it together that she might have a crush on me. In case where this story is leading wasn't horrifyingly obvious it's horrifyingly obvious. Just for you, three years ago, Guy, it's horrifyingly obvious. I was enjoying the group and the immersion. Everyone spent a long time talking in character and getting really into it, including Dave and Annie, who'd been a little hesitant about RP at first. Trish spent almost no time whatsoever talking out of character, another mild red flag that I overlooked entirely, but one that stands out from the rest rest of this in retrospect. I, I, I am rewording some of this, by the way. This isn't like a, you know, word-for-word word copy, because I'd find that boring to read. Not the story would be boring to read, but I'd be bored narrating it. And so, dear reader, begins the faithful night. Note that Dave, my roommate, was not present for this session, for the night is dark and full of fox-eared discomfort. Goddamn fox-eared Discomfort. One of my players actually sometimes wears foxes. In fact, I think she's on Twitch as Fox Club Gamer or some shit. And now I'm kinda of like, uh, was this you? Uh, it definitely wasn't, she's too young for this story, but yeah. It was an RP heavy session. The previous had been a sizable combat session with one of the villains, and a small side story had been completed. So there was a lot of looting, paying off of debts and favours, collecting accolades, drinking in bars, being paraded around on the shoulders of the liberated village, and all of the normal tropes you associate with heroism. This also coincided with the end of our second year exam period, so we were in an IRL similar mood. Um, So, in the UK, like, we can drink at 18, because I know there's probably some Americans listening to this. We're allowed to drink at 18, so uni students spend the entire time getting blasted. It's, pr- it's a great time. I wish I'd gone to uni. I just went to college like a poor person. Anyway, in the revelry of the villain's defeat and the town celebration, she succeeded on her seduction role for this poor bartender i made a joke about them going off to have very scratchy cat sex for which he will probably need to have his back bandage and attempt to fade to black ah the fade to black also she's a fox person dude attentions to detail she's not a cat person trish was having none of it obviously she wanted to vicariously oh that's a nice word Play out this encounter between these two abstractions in a display that would have made Sigmund Freud himself make the concerned Tom face. She interjected, how dare she, describing how her character waited for him to go and get her drinks before taking off all of her clothes, changing into one of his thin shirts and waiting on the bed in a seductive pose, and began to purr. I wish I could purr to add some immersion to this. I feel like I have ruined any opportunity. This had to be a good story at this stage. Okay, a little too much detail. And she has a creepy, lavicious look in her eyes while she describes it. But fine, she's had a couple of drinks and is a bit too into it. So, this is where for me, I'd be like, look, take a step back and calm down. I'm going to go have a cigarette. I smoke. If someone is making eye contact with me while I'm trying to fade to black and looking at me laviciously, which is a fucking good, good word. I love that word. Like, I would be like, hey man, let's let's calm this down a little bit. But, unfortunately for poor, poor OP, he did not see it soon enough. Once again, I try with, and he sees you, he shuts the door behind himself with a smile. Anyway, back in the bar, Clupperdunk is in the midst of his absurd, levitating Tankard's performance, when Trish again interjects, pouting a little this time. She describes how her character stares into his green eyes. My eyes are green. The NPC was described as having blue eyes, and runs her claws through his brown hair. Again, seriously, you guessed it. This matches the description of me and not the NPC. And she is positively leering at me like a cartoon steak. Rich catches on to this and looks as uncomfortable as I feel. Annie is giggling. I assume this was uncomfortable laughter. But no, I quite firmly cut to black this time, but Trish looks oddly satisfied and spends the rest of the session, which lasts half an hour, just staring at me and exchanging looks with Annie, the real villain of the tale, as so soon be revealed. I keep forgetting how to word correctly. I hate this voice. At the end of the session, I'm sat with the three of them, finishing drinks before they head home. Trish asks to use the bathroom and excuses herself. Annie gets up and declares that she's going home and asks if poor, poor innocent bystander Rich will walk out across the campus and they abruptly leave. Oh, Rich! You poor, sweet summer child, you didn't know what you were leaving him with. I'm sorry, Rich, you deserved better than to be a pawn in this game. I wait for Trish to come out of my room for five minutes. At this point, I'm like, if she's taking a dump in there, that is an absolute piss take. Just wait until you get home, for fuck's sake. So I walk into my room, preparing to knock on the bathroom door and unleash my fury upon her. And what do I fucking see? I see Trish. And what, dear reader and listener, do you expect that she is wearing? Yes, you are correct. That's right. There's a pile of her clothes and underwear at the foot of my bed and the sole item of clothing that she has garbed herself with was one of my t-shirts and her fucking foxes lying in what apparently she thought was a seductive pose. If the only time you have heard the word seduction was in Japanese and ended with the sentence sorry, not the sentence, ended with the word senpai. Which I'm pretty sure is like an assistant instructor, but I don't speak Japanese, so whatever. And as if this scene wasn't absurd and insane enough, she fucking purrs at me. She purrs, before giving me this look, which basically amounted to her stuffing as much of her bottom lip under her teeth as is reasonably possible in what appeared to be an attempt to devour her own chin, and blinking rapidly... Like she was trying to convey something in Morse code. I will tell you now, if she was actually trying to do something in Morse code, like, mate, you'll never do better than this. Now, Trish is not an unattractive woman by any means. Even in the midst of this foul mating ritual, can more bizarre than anything I've heard Sir David Atmara narrate. But I am absolutely not into her whatsoever. I do not see her in this way, and honestly, I find her a bit weird. I know, ladies and gentlemen, shocking that I would find this display weird. This should be good enough reason on its own, but what what takes it from just uncomfortable and awkward to shockingly inappropriate is at this time, I had a girlfriend, which she and everybody else at the table knew. Good God, man. You, you had already been courted, and... This fought... <laughs> What's that Silent Spot (laughs) She just appears half-naked in your bed. I am now... Oh no, I skipped ahead of the story. At this point, I'm standing in my doorway, probably looking like I've seen a fucking ghost and my brain has turned to mush, trying to decipher the incomprehensible spectacle beholding before my eyes. Beholding, unfolding. She then stops, deep frotting her own chin, and says, If you want your t-shirt back, you'll have to come and take it off me. Oh god, that hurt me inside. I don't want to do that ever again. But I felt like I had to sell the character. I am now legitimately pissed off with her. For this is a level of inappropriate behaviour that I cannot describe. I'd tell her as calmly as possible that she can keep the t-shirt. But she needs to GTFO. She needs to leave. She scowls at me and I truly wish I was joking. She hisses at me like a cat. Despite how deeply uncomfortable and annoyed I am, it is an act of such sheer abject absurdity that's like can I tell but burst out laughing honestly like I tell a girl to leave and she hisses at me like I'm probably just gonna leave I'm out like I'll leave my own house at that point like no one hisses at me I've never been hissed at No, sorry I had to search the memory break there I've never been hissed at She immediately loses her shit, grabs her clothes in a bundle, and runs away from my flat in just my t-shirt, not stopping even to put on underwear, screaming at me the entire way. Damn it, OP. Golden opportunity wasted. Apparently, either Annie or Rich had forgotten something, so they're about 100 metres away. I don't know the other measurements for metres for the rest of the world. And they're walking back towards the flat. They and... Everyone else around sees this two thirds naked cat fox woman throwing a hyper tantrum over getting rejected, creating an utter spectacle in the squad. Squ- not squad, quad. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Every time I read this story, it's just a- absolutely madness. <clears throat> the quad witch is overlooked by several blocks of holes. Um, holes is kind of like our version of what you would call dorms in other parts of the world so just help me out with that one not to mention other students who just happen to be outside i would have been mortified ladies and gentlemen if i wasn't too busy being somewhere between utter speechless disbelief and repressing uncontrolled mirth annie now runs over and throws her coat over the now hysterically crying trish fuck you at trish and annie And she starts then berating me, calling me selfish and ungrateful, and telling me how Trish is better for me than my then-girlfriend. I am in utter shock and disbelief at this point. This is totally out of character for Annie. Not knowing what to do in the midst of this bizarre and mutually humiliating meltdown, I just give an apologetic wage and grimace to Rich and go inside and close the door. Let's just establish Rich, man. Goddamn Rich, I'm sorry again. You didn't deserve this. You didn't deserve to be part of this. (laughs) I call Dave. Remember Dave, ladies and gentlemen? The best friend. No, he's the flatmate. Not the best friend, he's the flatmate, that was it. And I fill him in on whatever the fuck just happened. He's as baffled, shocked and angry as I am. Especially after I describe Annie's reaction. He calls her and demands to know what the fuck is going on. As it turns out, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the crux of the story. Trish and Annie had concocted the events of the evening together in a foul partnership. Annie had informed Trish that Dave would not be present, making a good night to make her move, wink, wink. And Trish had apparently described the rest of her cringe-inducingly misguided plan. This is also why Annie was giggling at Trish's in-character shenanigans or oh, shenanigans, good word, earlier in the night. And why she seemed so... Abruptly convinced. <laughs> was she. <laughs> oh, and why she seemed to abruptly get rich to leave with them when Trish had asked to use the bathroom. This appears to have been the signal to my discontent. Dave called me almost two hours later, which was almost 4 am at this point, and said that he had had an, a huge argument with Annie over the phone and they had broken up. Honestly, Dave, I don't fucking blame you, dude. Like. Manipulative. Bad like i said at the start bad internet don't no do thing like this bad rich then sent me a text next day saying he didn't want to play with us anymore because he couldn't handle the group drama and although i explained to him that trish would absolutely not be there again i couldn't really begrudge his decision to leave which left such a sour taste in his mouth like a lime made of horniness and hatred I blocked Trish's number almost immediately after she left and the only correspondence I had of Annie was just a text from her that said cunt before I blocked her too. Also, rest of the world, we use cunt a lot in England. It's a very common word, we don't even really use it offensively anymore, it's just a colloquial term for mate half the time at this stage. Dave and I never played D&D together again, though we are still friends to this day. So that is it Reddit, my one and only horror story. And most of it had absolutely nothing to do with the fucking game. Sometimes the creepy predatory weirdo isn't a basement-dwelling neckbeard, much like myself, but a pretty girl of half your size with more screws loose than a piece of Ikea furniture your grandma tried to put together who apparently thinks acting like an anime fucking cat foxwoman is the height of seduction. I mean, yeah, that's, that's some crazy shit, man. Like, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Like, I'm sure you're probably over it by now, but fuck me, that is a whole new level of what... But I actually sent this this story to my group once and just said, "Hey, but guys, just so you know, if this ever happens to me, just leave, just leave and lock the door. Like, I'll be fine. I can handle this. Don't you worry a thing." But he had this guy. He had a girlfriend at the time. So here's the thing with red flags, guys. Creepy fat neckbeard dude displays red flag. Obvious. Like he's like, "Hey, hey, lady, I, I really like your swaying hips." You know, super obvious red flag, because he's a stereotype. He's basically a caricature of people at this point, when you think of that stereotype, to the point where it's not really even a real nerd stereotype anymore, because of the way nerddom has expanded. What, I and I imagine a lot of us fit in this boat, we don't expect, is a pretty girl, who's half your size, to be the creep. But, you know, equal opportunity creepdom and all that. So, that guys was the first R slash RPG horror story, I completely fucking butchered it. Um, probably should have written it down somewhere and proofread it and a bunch of other stuff but do you know what that just wouldn't be less talk fantasy would it if I put that much work into it we know how I roll I get home from work and I go Joe you know what I fancy recording today fuck it and I record something off the cuff and that is why some of you maybe return here but I had a positive note to end on but I it, it sort of relates to what I said earlier about like if you're having a bad time look if you're If you're in the midst of, you know, fighting those monkey demons in the depths of the dark part of your brain, just remember there is no more tiring, but also important battle you will fight than the battle with your own sort of demons. So, if you're still standing and you're still going and you're still headbutting that monkey demon like that guy in Demon Slayer, like someone, some I'm proud of you. Someone somewhere is proud of you. Someone gives enough of a shit about you to know what you're going through, whether you know it or not. And I do strongly encourage, if you are having a bad time, talk about it with someone. doesn't have to be a professional. doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a therapist or anything. I'm just saying, if you're having a bad time, you can talk to a friend. Talk to anyone who might understand. And if you have no one to talk to, I will fucking email you back if you're having a bad time. Okay? stay strong kids like you've got this i believe in you you don't need me you just need to be you and no matter what you're feeling just know all things are fucking temporary it's like the comedian jim jeffries once asked his dad how he coped with his depression how he lived with it for so many years and his dad said something quite astute he just said ah what are you going to do and i think that's a big part of the trick to it just or even just sadness just outlive that shit because god fucking damn it your brain doesn't get to tell you what to do you tell you what to do anyway that dragged on a bit if you want to get in touch email in the description below all the other nonsense people say at the end of these stay safe kids cheerio